0: God's pleasure and leads me along in his footsteps of righteousness so that I can bring honor to his name. Lord, even when your path takes me through the valley of deepest darkness, fear will never conquer me for you already have. You remain close to me and lead me through it all the way. Your authority is my strength and my peace. The comfort of your love takes away my fear. I will never be lonely for you are near. You become my delicious feast. Even when my enemies dare to fight, you anoint me with your fragrance of the Holy Spirit. You give me all I can drink of, you, until my heart overflows. So why would I fear the future? For your goodness and love pursue me all the days of my life. Then afterward, when my life is through, I'll return to your glorious presence and be forever with you. The Lord is my best friend, my shepherd. I always have more than enough. He offers a resting place for me. His luxurious love, his tracks, take me to an oasis of peace, the quiet brook of bliss. That's where he restores and revives my life. He opens before me pathways to God's pleasure and leads me along in his footsteps of righteousness so that I can bring honor to his name. Lord, even when your path takes me through the valley of deepest darkness, fear will never conquer me for you already have. You remain close to me and lead me through it all the way. Your authority is my strength and my peace. The comfort of your love takes away my fear. I will never be lonely, for you are near. You become my delicious feast. Even when my enemies dare to fight, you anoint me with your fragrance of the Holy Spirit. You give me all I can drink of, you, until my heart overflows. So why would I fear the future? For your goodness and love pursue me all the days of my life. Then afterward, when my life is through, I'll return to your glorious presence and be forever with you. The Lord is my best friend, my shepherd. I always have more than enough. He offers a resting place for me, in his luxurious love, his tracks, take me to an oasis of peace, the quiet brook of bliss. That's where he restores and revives my life. He opens before me pathways to God's pleasure and leads me along in his footsteps of righteousness so that I can bring honor to his name. Lord, even when your path takes me through the valley of deepest darkness, fear will never conquer me, for you already have. You remain close to me and lead me through it all the way. Your authority is my strength and my peace. The comfort of your love takes away my fear. I will never be lonely for you are near. You become my delicious feast. Even when my enemies dare to fight, you anoint me with your fragrance of the Holy Spirit. You give me all I can drink of, you, until my heart overflows. So why would I fear the future? For your goodness and love pursue me all the days of my life. Then afterward, when my life is through, I'll return to your glorious presence and be forever with you. The Lord is my best friend, my shepherd. I always have more than enough. He offers a resting place for me, his luxurious love, his tracks, take me to an oasis of peace, the quiet brook of bliss, that's where he restores and revives my life he opens before me pathways to god's pleasure and leads me along in his footsteps of righteousness so that i can bring honor to his name lord even when your path takes me through the valley of deepest darkness fear will never conquer me for you already have you remain close to me and lead me through it all the way your authority is my strength and my peace The comfort of your love takes away my fear. I will never be lonely, for you are near. You become my delicious feast. Even when my enemies dare to fight, you anoint me with your fragrance of the Holy Spirit. You give me all I can drink of, you, until my heart overflows. So why would I fear the future? For your goodness and love pursue me all the days of my life. Then afterward, when my life is through, I'll return to your glorious presence and be forever with you. The Lord is my best friend, my shepherd. I always have more than enough. He offers a resting place for me in his luxurious love. His tracks take me to an oasis of peace, the quiet brook of bliss. That's where he restores and revives my life. He opens before me pathways to God's rest. Good
1: morning, everybody. I want to welcome you to Victor Christian Fellowship. What an opportunity we have today to commune with God and to
2: receive from Him. He is good and great and great and greatly great to be praised. Heavenly Father, we are full of joy this morning because we're gathered together here in your presence. And Lord, we thank you that you are a great and awesome God that we bless your name. We lift your name up today, Lord, and we welcome your presence and your Holy Spirit. And thank you, Lord, for confirming your word. The signs following in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's worship the Lord
3: together. Are you ready to worship this morning? Come on. Saturday with time you. Yeah.
4: longer you've in my life, you brought me from darkness to light.
2: be some celebration.
4: Yeah. When someone
2: comes it's a song of victory. It's a song of praise. Come on.
1: to blow the devil out of the place. Hallelujah! You know, our praise is like a pressure washer to the enemy. You know, if someone were to stand in front of uh, the fire hose, you know, the pressure that comes out, they would be, they'd be knocked down, right? Our praise just
2: knocks down the enemy stops It stops him in his tracks. and renders him useless and ineffective. Can't praise for me, but we can. So we got a praise to give yeah. to God, Amen. Yeah. Oh, praise Him in this place.
4: Hallelujah!
2: Hallelujah! Glory to
1: God! Yeah! Thank you, Jesus.
5: <laughs> yeah.
1: And praise has nothing to do with feeling.
4: Yeah.
1: It has everything to do with faith. I know Paul and Silas certainly didn't feel like praising God. They were whipped, beaten, and chained. It wasn't even a good atmosphere. But their praise changed the atmosphere. Oh, Father, we take great joy and delight in praising you. And we lift your name up in this place, Lord. Yes. And we thank you that you speak to us defeated the enemy by accomplishing my Father's will and doing His work. And I've given you my ability, my power, and my authority for you to do the same.
2: Stand your ground. Take your territory. Move forward. In the things
1: that I have for you. For I am with you. Take hold of my hand, and together we will to the light. Hallelujah. Amen, amen, amen. Amen. Will you may be seated if you can. Hallelujah. We're glad that you're here this morning. Only going to get better and better.
3: I have to say something before we yeah, go yeah, in yeah. There. Uh, You know, the enemy has already been defeated, like from yes. the cross. Jesus came, did it. He's done. So, your, our job is to enforce the enemy's defeat. Yes, amen. And there are global defeats, and there are personal defeats in our lives that need to be enforced so the global you have to look at the seasons of the world system so the global enemy to be defeated now is what fear and to that with that enemy comes everything the enemy wants to attack you with in your life so there's the fear of economy there's the fear of sickness and disease there's the fear of training of education, right? You see how fear has affected every area? And that's the enemy to defeat. It's fear. And it's not just going to be a global issue because the devil only has so many resources to use. So he needs you to to do marketing for him, to do word of mouth. And you have to decide if you're going to do marketing for the devil or slap him upside the face. You see what i'm saying that's how you enforce the defeat if you were given keys to something and a thief tries to come in and steal what you've been given keys to protect what are you going to do just say oh it's the season for thievery i better let them." <laughs> no you have to protect and enforce your authority of those keys which means you're not getting in i'm the only one allowed to be here right so you tell the devil that about your own life. He's already
1: Amen. been defeated. Amen. Amen. Well, let's get ready to speak the word. Use the authority that God's given us to make our confession. Amen. I invite you, all of us, to join in together and say this.
3: We worship, worship God.
1: Awesome God. God. The, <laughs> the great and amazing God is among us. us. Our, our God, God reigns supreme. supreme. He is, is God, God of gods and gods Lord, of Lord of lords. Of God is great, great, mighty, and awesome. Our God stands alone. He is the one and only rock of our salvation, our chief cornerstone and our firm foundation. We are safe and secure in him. Our God is the Lord of kings and the revealer of secrets.
3: He shows us
1: things that are hidden. God is our Father, Jesus is our Lord, and his Holy Spirit is our partner working in us. And in him we live, move, and have our being. We are redeemed by God, who does great and awesome things. God strengthens and empowers us, and we bless his holy name. All things are under his feet, and Jesus is the head of all things to the church. God our Savior alone is wise. To him be glory, majesty, dominion,
5: power, now and forever. Amen. At Victory, our vision is to
1: reach out beyond our walls with the message of salvation, hope, and inheritance. To proclaim the uncompromising word of God. To build a strong body of believers. And to encourage relationships in a loving atmosphere. We activate God's word to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. At Victory Christian Fellowship, we are inheriting God's promises
3: And and experiencing
1: experiencing their their benefits.
3: Benefits. Amen. Amen.
1: Hallelujah. Glory to God. Well, um, we're going to take this moment now and we're going to receive uh, some members into our church. You know, we are a membership church. Amen. And... uh, Our membership process is very easy. It's very uh, simple. And uh, you can uh, look on our website if you're interested in becoming a member. And uh, I just want to read uh, a couple verses here in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Hallelujah. And uh, it says, uh, verse 12, For as the body is one... And has many members. And all members of that one body being many are one body, so also is Christ. And he goes, he he says some things, but I'm just going to read it. Um, The body is not one member, but many. If the foot shall say, because I'm not the hand. You know, your feet aren't complaining that they're the hands, right? Is it therefore not of the body? And if the ear shall say, Because I am not the eye, I am not of the body? Is it therefore not of the body? If the whole body were an eye, where would the hearing be? If the whole uh, were hearing, where would the smelling? But now has God set the members, every one of them, in the body as it has pleased Him. Notice, God is pleased with membership. Mm -hmm. And he puts people in a body because he knows where all the pieces fit. Amen? He knows where all the pieces work best together. And uh, then it says in verse 19, And if they were all one member, uh, where were the body? But now are there many members. That's a great amen right there. Now there are many members, yet one body. So... We are grateful for membership. Amen. And uh, I would like to, uh, at this time, I want to call up uh, Paul and Mary Ferretti and Nathan Smith. Amen.
5: So,
3: Nate, just explain if you you were part of your family as a member of our church, but you turned 18, you get to make your own decision now if you want to still remain being a member. So, Nate is doing that part. Amen. So I just want to explain that for all the teenagers, because they might not realize that. (laughs) Yes.
1: (laughs) And we're so grateful for our members, and we just want to welcome them uh, into our family this morning. Nate, we want to welcome you as a member of Victory Christian Fellowship. Hallelujah. You guys want to come up here, too? Come on. Paul and Lisa, you want to come up, too?
3: (laughs) He's standing on his own now. All right.
1: Paul, I want to (laughs) welcome you to a member. Victor Christian Fellowship, Mary, and I welcome you as a member Christian Fellowship, bless you. Let's stand up, guys. I want you to stretch forth your hand. Father, we just give you thanks and praise. Lord, we thank you for your anointing, your fresh anointing, your strength and your power to come upon these in the name of Jesus. Lord, I thank you that we will watch over them. Lord, we will cause them to flourish and to thrive in the name of Jesus. Father, we bless them now, Father. Thank you for your anointing and your power and your grace in the name of Jesus. We give you thanks and praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's welcome them. Hallelujah. Welcome. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We have some announcements that are in the back and uh, you can check those out i'm only going to announce uh, two things here um, number one on uh, march 27th at 11 a.m uh, we're going to have our egg hunt we're also going to have our barnabas group meeting at 8:30. and then our egg hunt is going to be at 11 for ages uh, 2 to 10 and uh, we invite uh, anyone Uh, to come and partake of that, and that's going to be a great time. We've got a good surprise uh, for you, and uh, you'll have to come and see what that is. Amen. And then also on April 16th and 17th, we're having our uh, annual Women's Conference, and our guest is going to be Robin D. Bullock. It's going to be a great time. And I think we've had already like almost a little over 70 responses. So, uh, ladies, if you haven't responded yet, I'd encourage you to do so. We're getting calls from different states, and it's going to be a great time. And then he's also going to be with us on that Sunday as well. And uh, we're going to have a great time uh, in the Lord. Amen? All right. Uh, Before I dismiss the kids, I just want to uh, say this thing. Um, You know, Timmy didn't want to put his money in the offering on Sunday morning. So his mother decided uh, to use some hurried creative reasoning with him. You don't want that money, honey. He whispered in his ear. Quick, drop it in the plate. It's tainted. Horrified, the little boy obeyed. After a few seconds, he whispered. But mommy, was the money tainted? Is Was it dirty? Oh no, dear. He replied, It's not really dirty. It just taint yours and it taint mine, she replied. It's God's. (laughs) And then one more. One Sunday after church, mom asked uh, her little daughter what the Sunday school lesson was about. Her daughter answered, "Don't don't be scared, you'll get your quilts. Needless to say, Mom was perplexed. Later in the day, the pastor stopped by for tea. Mom asked him what the morning Sunday school uh, lesson was about. He said, be not afraid, your comforter is coming. So she called it quilts. Now here at VCF, we don't have a container that we pass, but we do have a container in the back. And you can give your tithes and your offerings uh, anytime during the service. If you're watching us online, you can do it uh, through our website online. And there's, uh, if you don't see a way that you can give, we have a way for you. Amen. And, uh, you know, we have to realize that we're stewards of what God has given us. And uh, the tithe, it's not even ours. It is God's. And uh, we give the tithe to him because we're saying, God, I trust you. I'm in a covenant relationship with you, and I know that you're my provider of all good things. And then beyond the tithe, we have offering. And that's an unlimited amount that you could, you could give whatever you want to give. The tithe, the Bible outlines, is 10%, but the offering is beyond that. Amen? And it's whatever you give, it's of a free will and as we're able. So, Father, I thank you for blessing every giver and the gifts, Lord, that they bring in to your house and to your work. And we thank you, Lord, that there's meat in, my house, in our house, Lord, and you open up the windows of heaven and you pour out a blessing on them so great that the room can't contain it in the name of Jesus. And if you believe that, say amen. 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 Hallelujah. Glory to God. All right. We have some awesome Kids Life teachers, right? Are they going into two places or one? All right. Uh, the toddlers are going to be d- downstairs. Okay. Yep. The helpers and the teachers want you to stand up so the kids can know where to go. And we're going to cheer as they go out. Kids, have a great class. Be blessed. Have fun in Jesus. Glory to God. How many were glad when you said today, I'm going to church, to the house of God, amen? It is my desire that you have an encounter with the Almighty. And this morning, it was placed on my heart to talk about how you can believe, receive, and give forgiveness. Everybody say forgiveness. It is a powerful thing. You know, the forgiveness that God offers is free. It's plentiful. It's available and it's in stock. You can receive it right now. Amen? He doesn't ship it through Amazon. You don't have to have a prime membership. But His forgiveness is available, plentiful, and it arrives in the moment you ask for it. When you ask the Lord to forgive you, He won't put you on hold, but He will take your call personally. Amen? He won't send you to a robocall. Right? But every request for forgiveness is answered Personally, by the Lord. He will take your order and fulfill it himself. I want you to turn to the Bible in 1 John chapter 1. There are three things that I want to talk to you about forgiveness Number one, that God is willing to forgive. Number two, you need to request forgiveness. And number three, you need to give forgiveness with the forgiveness that you've been given. So 1 John chapter 1. Let's start with verse 7. 1 John chapter 1 verse 7. But if, notice that word if, is that automatic? No, that is a choice and the decision that you have to make. If we walk in the light as he is in the light. Well, how do I walk in the light? It simply means to walk according to the word of God. Let that be the standard for your life. How you live, how you interact, how you do things. We have fellowship With one another. Everybody say fellowship. What's fellowship? It's two people in the same ship. Amen. And the blood of Jesus Christ. His son cleanses us from a little bit of sin. It cleanses us from all sin. That's powerful. Do you realize anytime we violate God's word, that's sin. Everybody say sin. It's not an issue it's not a bad habit, it is sin. Amen? And Jesus is the only one who can deal with our sin. Verse 8, if we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. Does that mean that we're a perpetual sinner? No, we came out of the sin nature. When, when If you're born again, if Jesus Christ is your Lord, then you no longer have the sin nature. Amen? Verse 9. If we confess our sins, notice if. That's another decision that you've got to make, a choice that you've got to make. If we confess our sins, He is faithful. Oh, that's a shouting word right there. God is faithful. What's He going to do? He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Now, I want to make a distinction this morning. When the Bible usually refers to sin singular, it's not knowing Jesus. When the Bible refers to sins plural, it's the mistakes that we've made even after knowing Jesus. Amen? It's missing the mark. It's disobeying God. It's not doing what he said. Okay? But aren't you glad that God is faithful? He'll not only forgive you, but He'll cleanse you. He'll make you say, I'm squeaky clean. Amen. Billy Graham said this. He said, man has two great spiritual needs. One is forgiveness, the other is goodness. And uh, God is willing to forgive you. Go to Psalm 32. I want you to know that God is willing, He has a willingness to forgive you when you mess up, when you make a mistake. Well, I'll never mess up. Yeah, you just messed up right there. (laughs) Unfortunately, our flesh that we live in has not been made new. We have to subdue our flesh. Right, the spirit of man. If you're if you're a person who's accepted Jesus Christ as Lord, then you are born again. Your spirit has been made been made right with God, right? But your flesh is not, and your spirit and your flesh sometimes they contend with each other, right? Anybody ever encounter your flesh disagreeing with your spirit, right? Your flesh gets the I don't want to, I don't feel like an attitude, right? And then our minds. Have not been made new. What do we have to do with our minds? Renew them. How often? Every day. Why? When we were sinners, we picked up some stinking thinking. And we have to renew our minds. How do we renew our minds? We replenish the information that we had with the information that's in God's Word. Right? You can take that Word and wash that sin right out of your mind. Amen. Psalm 32. This is powerful. Verse 1. Blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Amen? They're blessed and blessed. Being forgiven is being blessed. Amen? It's setting you free. It's causing you to move forward. It's getting you unstuck. Now, in the Old Testament, they could only have their sins covered. But in the New Testament, they're taken away. Jesus is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Well, our sins aren't just covered. They're removed. They're taken away. Like we take out the trash every week. Notice verse 3. When I kept silence, my bones waxed. Through my roaring all day long. Listen, if you've committed sin, don't be silent. Don't dwell in your misery. Don't let the pain engulf you. Open your mouth. Verse 4, day and night your hand was heavy upon me. My moisture is turned into drought of summer. Verse 5. I acknowledge my sin unto you. And my iniquity have I not hid. You know, the Bible says if you cover up your sin, you will not prosper. I said I will confess my transgressions unto the Lord. And you forgave the iniquity of my sin. And he forgave me. Can you see how willing he is to forgive? You know, if if we committed a sin, God is not going to condemn us. But he has already opened the door for us to talk about it. Amen? And you can talk directly to Jesus about it. All right? So don't be silent, acknowledge it. Look at verse 10. Many sorrows shall be to the wicked. That's not good. But he that trusts in the Lord, mercy shall compass him about. See, forgiveness comes out of mercy. Mercy is not getting what we deserve. And God's mercy abounds. If, if, if we're wicked, we're not trusting in God. We're trusting in someone else. Maybe ourselves. But when we put our trust in God, how many believe that God has forgiven them? Amen? There are so many people in the Bible that missed it. Right? And when you miss it, the devil uses guilt, shame, and condemnation multiplied upon you to try to keep you in that state. But forgiveness is the only way to be loosed and free from that burden. Amen? When you confess the Lord Jesus He cleanses you He wipes that away He makes you free Amen I've been bound and I've been free Free is a whole lot better Go to Psalm 85 Psalm 85 Oh we're going to get free today Psalm 85. Look at verse 1. Lord, you have been favorable unto your land. Now your land includes his people. Right? You have brought back the captivity of Jacob. You have, have past tense, forgiven the iniquity of your people. You have covered all their sin. You have taken away all your wrath. You have turned yourself from the fierceness of your anger. Can you say amen? This is how God views it. He's already in the position like He's got a storehouse full of forgiveness that's just waiting for you to claim it in the name of Jesus. He is so willing to forgive. Go to Psalm 103. Psalm 103. Look at verse 3. Why do we bless the Lord? Because He forgives what? All my iniquities. Amen? And He heals all my diseases. Thank God we have a God who has forgiven. We have a God who's willing to dispense His mercy. He makes fresh mercy new every day. This morning at BCF, we will be serving mercy cake. They've been freshly baked by God, amen. And boy, are they good. You're thinking, where? Where? They're not. They're, you know what I'm saying? Right? All right, go down to verse 10. He has not dealt with us after our sins, nor rewarded us according to our iniquities. Can someone say Amen? He doesn't deal with us based on our foolishness. Does it it mean he doesn't correct us? No, he corrects us. He may rebuke us, but he doesn't deal with us according to our iniquities. Amen, that's awesome. Verse 11. As high as the heaven above the earth, so great is his mercy toward them that fear him. God's mercy is so great. Verse 12, as far as the east is from the west, He removed our transgressions from us. He doesn't even remember your transgressions. Once you confess to Him and talk to Him and He forgives you, He doesn't remember it anymore. He'll never bring it up again. You know, when Peter denied Jesus, knowing Him three times, the man had traveled with Him for about three years or... or Around there. Right? He went with him wherever he went. He he ate with him. He saw him work. And then at the end, he denied knowing him. I don't know him. I don't know him. I don't know that man. Well, he sinned, didn't he? And after the rooster crowed, Peter wept bitterly. Why? Because he realized what he had done. Jesus even told him it was going to happen before it happened. Right? But... So Peter, he went back to fishing. Jesus had risen from the dead. You know, um, he went to the tomb and then he went back fishing, right? And while they were fishing, they weren't catching anything. And Jesus was on the shore with fish for breakfast. And Peter, they said, the master's on the shore. Peter jumped into the water and swam shore. And that's when Jesus and him had a little conversation. Did you notice that Jesus did not say, hey, Peter, do you remember when you denied me? Didn't even bring it up. He said, Peter, do you love me? Three times. Right? Three transgressions, three confessions. The confessions triumphed over the transgression. And that man who confessed his sin to Jesus, who declared his love for Jesus, was able to preach on the day of Pentecost. Not only was he forgiven and cleansed, but he was restored. It was like it hadn't even happened. Now, God God recorded in His Word for us, for our benefit, but that's the freeing power of forgiveness. Go to Psalm 78. Psalm 78. And verse 36. Look at what they did to God. Verse 36. Psalm 78, verse 36. Nevertheless, they did flatter him with their mouth... And they lied unto him with their tongues. Now, I know that no one here has ever done that. For their heart was not right with him, neither were they steadfast in his covenant. But he being what? Full of compassion, forgave their iniquity, and destroyed them not. Yea, many a time turned... Turned he his anger away and did not stir up all of his wrath. See, when God forgives you, he lets go of his anger towards that sin. Because you've got to understand something about God. He hates sin. He hates it. Why? It destroyed the relationship that he had with his first man. See, here's what sin does. When we sin, it separates us from the life of God. And the problem is, when people aren't destroyed immediately, they think they've gotten away with it. Oh, I must be good. Not unless you repented and confessed. And we're going to get into that in just a minute. Amen? I just want you to know that our God is willing to forgive. Go to Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians chapter 1. What am I doing? I'm painting a picture of the goodness of God. Is our God good? Oh, yes, He is. Ephesians 1, verse 7. In whom we have... Notice, it's already there, already available. Who's the whom? That's Jesus. In whom we have redemption through His blood, the what? The forgiveness of sins according to the riches of His grace. That's pretty powerful. We have it right now. Do you realize? Before you sin, you already have forgiveness. It's already available to you. You can already access it. When we make a mistake, when we miss the mark, when we mess up, and we recognize what we've done, we can immediately go to God, and immediately that's wiped away. Before it causes any real damage. Do you realize that before God's wrath shows up on a place, there's an abundance of mercy that goes before him? Do you realize how many opportunities were we given to get to know Jesus as the Savior? Some of us, maybe it took a little while. Some of us maybe have been more thick-headed than others. Right? Right? But, did God give up on you? Did God, no, He kept calling you. He kept drawing you. He kept showing you His love. See, it's the goodness of God that goes before someone that leads them to repentance. Jesus said, I did not come to condemn the world. I've come to save the world. The enemy is the condemner. Jesus is the Savior. How did Jesus treat a woman in John 8 who was caught in adultery? Now, it's a shame they didn't catch the man. It does take two, right? How did he treat her? Did he treat her like a dog? No. The Pharisees brought her, and the Pharisees wanted her to die. Maybe they didn't want her to tell who she was with. I don't know. Right? But they wanted to condemn her. Because that's what the law said. And Jesus took her in her midst, right? T- took her in his midst. And he was not pressured by the religious leaders, thank God. You don't have to bow to the pressure of the world or anybody else that doesn't line up with the word of God. Jesus was writing... And they're probably thinking, what is he doing? Right? And he gets done writing and he looks up and he says, You without sin cast the first stone. Uh Uh-oh. Now we're caught. I have sin in my life. You heard the rocks dropping. Thud, thud, thud. And then everybody who was willing to stone her left because they were full of sin. And... He looks up, he says, woman, where are your accusers? She looks up, she says, I don't know. He goes, I don't accuse you either. I don't condemn, but go and sin no more. He wanted her to take that forgiveness. To take, See, forgiveness is an opportunity to move forward, not backward. Forgiveness is an opportunity to grow in God, not leave God. That's what Jesus gave her. He gave her a new start. I mean, come,
2: you talk about, she was in the act.
1: Of sin. And Jesus just showed compassion. He showed love. He demonstrated forgiveness. That doesn't mean he accepts the sin. But that woman needed forgiveness. Hallelujah. Number two. We know that God forgives. It's available. But you have to ask for forgiveness to receive it. Forgiveness is available for all from God. Mark Twain said this, Forgiveness is the fragrance the violet sheds on the heel that has crushed it. Think about that. Forgiveness is the fragrance of the violet that goes forth after the heel crushes it. That's pretty powerful. Amen? Go to Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2 and verse 38. You know what? If you had something to praise God about, you could praise Him for being forgiven. Acts chapter 2, verse 38. Peter had just delivered the message on the day of Pentecost. All right? And the people were touched to the heart. He didn't even make an altar call. But the Holy Ghost was so moving on the people's hearts, right? That they asked him. And, uh, verse, well, look at verse 37. Now, when they heard this, What did they hear? They heard heard the word of God. They heard about his resurrection. They were pricked in their heart and said unto Peter and the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? Everybody said, What shall I do? Then Peter said unto them, Repent. Repent is making a decisive decision to change and taking access or action to carry out that change. Say, it's time to make a change. See, they didn't know what to do. They're hearing this message. What do I do? How do I respond to this message? Peter's first word, repent. Notice, repentance opens the door. And be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the what? The remission of sins. The taking away of sins. The cleansing of sins. He is faithful and just to forgive and to cleanse. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. See, repentance makes way for God's gift to be yours. They open the door. Aren't you glad that God put repentance in the Bible? If you read the Gospels, it was the first message Jesus preached. It was the first message John the Baptist preached. And now it's the first message that Peter preached. Preachers. You know what a good first message is? Repent. Amen? I think Jesus, John the Baptist, and Peter, they had pretty good success. Right? Notice the repentance had to come first before what God wanted them to have could come. You can't just put a seed on top of the ground. You've got to break that ground up a little bit. Right, you got to prepare the ground. If you've never planted anything, you got to prepare the ground, so so it can be receptive to the seed. Amen. Repentance is our preparing the ground. Hallelujah. All right, go to Acts chapter three, verse nineteen. Repent, you therefore. And repentance is making a request, really. You're, you're making a statement to God, saying, God, I'm sorry for what I've done. I'm sorry for i behaved. I want what you have for me. Amen? That's repentance. Repentance is making a change in your mind, a change in your behavior. If you haven't changed your behavior, you haven't repented. I'm just going to let that sink in for just a moment. Repent ye therefore and be converted. Everybody say and be. That's a conjunction. Right? You've got to repent and be converted. You've got to carry out that repentance. That your sins may be blotted out. When the times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. You know, sometimes God wants His refreshing to come. But there's a block at the door. The door is locked and it needs to be opened through repentance. And once you repent, it's a very simple thing. But it has powerful consequences. It's more than just saying, I'm sorry. It's literally with your whole being changing. Amen? Whether you realize it or not, this is good stuff. Go go to Acts chapter 8. Acts chapter 8. This is when the Holy Ghost was uh, moving and people were being... And touched, and uh, there was a man by the name of uh, Simon who um, he was kind of a sorcerer. He was kind of witnessing these things, right? And in verse 19, he saw that through the laying on of hands, people received the Holy Spirit, okay? And he said, Give me this power also, that on whomsoever I lay hands, he may receive the Holy Ghost. But Peter said unto him, Your money perish with you. Because you thought you, that the gift of God may be purchased with money, you can't purchase gifts of God with money. He said, "Repent, therefore, of this thy wickedness, and pray God if perhaps the thought of your heart may be forgiven you. For I perceive that you are in the gall, in the, for you are in the gall of bitterness and in the bond of iniquity. Notice that there's a bond there, right?" Simon didn't know that he was bound, but Peter was pointing it out. Because if you try to buy the gift of God with money, you've got a problem. There's something wrong with your heart. Do you realize sin is a heart problem? It will affect the rest of your life. Sin is bondage. Sin is depression. Sin is confinement. Sin is restriction. Okay? Hallelujah. But thank God that what can we do about it? We can go to the Lord. And we can request and he'll forgive us on the spot. Amen. Glory to God. Let's go to Isaiah chapter 1. Isaiah chapter 1. <laughs> Hallelujah. Is this helping you this morning? Look at verse 18, Isaiah chapter 1, verse 18. Come now. Who has to come? Who's given the invitation? God has given the invitation. Who has to come? You and I. He says, Come now. Let's reason together. God is saying, come here, I want to talk to you for a minute. Let's reason together. I want to have a conversation. I need to point out some things. See, the way God corrects is he corrects with gentleness. Now, God will correct public sin in a public way. But he'll correct private sin in a private way. He'll have a conversation. Come, let's reason together, says the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, your are stained, they're red. You, you, can't, you can't wash it out. I've been trying to get this stain out. Tide doesn't take it out. Child doesn't take it out. Game doesn't take it out. Only the blood of Jesus can take it out. Though your sins are as scarlet, they shall be white as snow. What happens? Your conversation brought about a change. And because you had a conversation with the Lord, now you're wiped, he wiped the stain away. You left the presence of the Lord. Look, the stain is out. Amen? Though your sins were, they shall be white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. Be willing and obedient. We like to look at the be willing and obedient but Sometimes we forget the first part of that. Right? Do you realize that, thank God for Moses, that man prayed for Israel. Israel would make some mistakes, right? They made a calf and they started worshiping it. They were complaining. Well, I didn't know complaining is a sin. Well, you just found out. Complaining, murmuring, and grumbling are sin. Why? Look at God's reaction to when they occur. He doesn't get happy. He gets mad. He said, why are you talking about me about for?" Well, I wasn't complaining about you. Yes, you were. If they spoke against Moses, they said, how come the people are talking against me? Right? Ever say that's sin? What does sin do? Sin separates you from God. Right? It cuts off the life supply. It puts you in confinement. Okay? Look just go to Numbers chapter fourteen. Numbers chapter fourteen. All right. Verse seventeen. He says, Now I pray. Everybody say pray. What's the what's the what's the thing that you should do if you sin? Stop, drop, and pray. Right? If you catch on fire, stop, drop, and roll. But if you sin, which is actually catching on a spiritual fire, stop, drop, and pray. Everybody say, stop, drop, drop, drop and pray. pray. Just stop what you're doing and pray and take care of it quickly. You need to be quick to forgive and quick to repent. Okay? Verse 17, now I pray, let the power of my Lord be great, just as you have spoken Saying the Lord is long-suffering. Everybody say the Lord is long-suffering. What does that mean? He puts up with a lot of our junk. He puts up with a lot. Alright? He's abundant in mercy. He doesn't lack in mercy. Okay? Forgiving iniquity. And transgression. But He by he by no means clears the guilty. Do you realize that when... Someone receives forgiveness from God. You know uh, how do we know that Paul persecuted Christians, right? Was he forgiven? He certainly was. He was cleansed. He was made an apostle. He wrote half the New Testament, right? You can go write half the New Testament if you're not in bad sh- if you're in bad shape. But did Paul then experience persecution? How could someone who was forgiven experience because he reaped he sowed those seeds. But thank God that because he was forgiven he overcame all the persecution that came against him. Amen. Was David forgiven? What happened to his first son? died? What happened to his other son? incest. What happened to his other son? Tried to subvert the kingdom from him. Even though he was forgiven. They still experienced consequences. Because of what they sowed. Amen? Does that mean I'm going to experience all my consequences? Not necessarily. I just want you to know. That God forgives but he doesn't clear the guilty. And that's really more for us when we forgive someone. And I'm going to get into that in just a moment. Alright? So he'll bring the iniquity on the fathers to the third and fourth generation. Verse 19, pardon the iniquity of this people, I pray, according to the greatness of your mercy. Aren't you glad we can plead on the greatness of the mercy of God? Amen? You can plead your case. Okay? Okay? Just as you have forgiven this people from Egypt even until now. Verse 20, then the Lord said, I have pardoned according to your word. Isn't that that powerful? If they didn't have someone praying for them, they'd have been in trouble. But thank God the prayer stopped the trouble. But truly as I live, all the earth shall be filled with the glory of the Lord. Because all these men who have seen my glory and the signs which I did in Egypt and in the wilderness and have put me to the test these now ten times. And have not heeded my voice. See, they didn't really repent, but Moses prayed on their behalf and it was God's mercy that forgave them. They will certainly, they certainly shall not see the land which I swore to their fathers, nor shall any of those Who rejected me see it. Moses prayed for God to pardon them. And he did. But they couldn't enter the land. Even though they were pardoned. Was Moses forgiven? But he got angry in his last days. What happened when he got angry? He was disqualified from entering into the promised land. Everybody say disqualified. You know, when we ask for forgiveness, we've got to walk in it. We have to receive it from God. How many believe that God has forgiven you? And how many have received it? Amen. Say, I am, I am forgiven. Now, here's where the rubber meets the road. How willing and ready are you to share that with someone else? <laughs> We have to forgive others because God has forgiven you. If you have been wronged, abused, hurt, offended, violated, lied about, or betrayed, one thing that helps you move on and heal is forgiveness. Can I get a witness? Jesus was free. Did Jesus get, make you have any requirements to forgive you? Then guess what? We can't put any requirements on someone else to forgive them. Why? God is letting you borrow His forgiveness to forgive them. And then with the same forgiveness that He's given us, we give to others. All right? So it's based on faith. Everybody say faith. All right? Unforgiveness holds on to the pain, sorrow, ill will, bitterness, and anger of what was done to you. If you refuse to forgive, you will always be attached to the negative. You'll have the negative effects, the emotions, the feelings, and the experiences. Quiet in here. The only way to free yourself from the pain and hurt is to forgive. T.S. Lewis said, Everyone says forgiveness is a lovely idea until they have something to forgive. (laughs) Amen. Go to Luke chapter 23. Luke chapter 23. and you're going to see an illustration of what this means and it's going to really make sense. I'm excited to do it. I can't wait to do it, actually. I just don't want to get ahead of myself. Luke 23, verse 33. And when they were come to the place which is called Calvary... There they crucified him and the malefactors, one on the right hand and one on the other. Then Jesus said, Father, what? Forgive them for they know not what they do. He was forgiving the people who put the nails in his hands. He was forgiving the soldiers who whipped him and put the crown of thorns on his head. He was forgiving the ones who put a, a spear in his side. He was forgiving the ones who uh, mocked him and criticized him and spit on him and told him to come down on the cross. See, he could not focus on the hurt or the pain or the sorrow. Instead, while he's on the cross, while he's nailed, bleeding, bruised, he He said, Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they do. He released forgiveness to them. Did that forgiveness make the guilty clean? No, it broke the tie that he had with the negative. It broke the tie, the bind that he had with the negative. Alright? Go to Acts chapter 7. And this isn't Jesus. This is someone just like you and I. Actually, Jesus is just like you and I. Acts chapter 7, verse 60. This was the first martyr in the New Testament and kneeling down while they're stoning him, while they're throwing rocks the size of a man's fist at his head from an elevated position to a lower position. He knelt down and cried with a loud voice, Lord, lay not this sin to their charge. And when he had said this, he fell asleep. That is Stephen, who was being stoned. For, Because they couldn't argue against him. And they didn't want to hear what he had to say. So they gnashed their teeth at him and they rushed at him and they stoned him. And Paul was holding their coats. The Apostle Paul, whose name was Saul here, he was holding the coats so that the people were free to throw the rocks. He witnessed his death. And there is Stephen. You think his body was feeling pain? Rocks pelting you? Coming from an elevated place? You can't guard yourself. You can't block them. The rocks are hitting you. The pain. The pain. The negative. It's coming at you. But what does he do? He breaks his tie with the negative. And he offers forgiveness. How does he do it? He has faith in the forgiver. He puts his faith... In Jesus. And Jesus gives them the strength to forgive those people who are doing what they're doing. Can you say amen? Go to 2 Timothy chapter 4. 2 Timothy chapter 4. See, the question that you have to answer, is it possible to give the forgiveness that I have received from the Lord to someone else, no matter what they've done? And the answer is yes. You forgive them so that you're not tied to that negative emotion, to that negative experience, and then God will deal with them. Amen. Say, God will deal with them. You don't have to deal with them. God will deal with them. But you have, to, you have to break that tie. Why? It's a soul tie. And it needs to be broken. And the only way that it can be broken is through forgiveness. You know, Stephen didn't say, Father, forgive them and make them good people. He just said, forgive them. Why? He was releasing himself from that negative. He's about to enter into glory. You don't want to enter into glory with that negative weight. Amen? 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 16. At my first answer, no man stood with me. All men forsook me. I pray God that it may not be laid to their charge. Oh my goodness. Do you feel like forgiving when you're forsaken? When people told you they were going to do something and they didn't follow through, or they didn't carry it out, you know, or they left you behind, right? But yet, what is Paul doing? I pray that it's not laid to their charge. He's exercising the mercy of God. Amen? Instead of giving in to the anger and to the hurt. You know, all of us have been hurt some way, shape, or another. Amen? But if you're still bound by that hurt, you need to cut it loose. In the name of Jesus. Why? It will affect your life. Go to Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4. Look at verse 32. Oh, well, no, no, no. We better, um, we better back up. And uh, let's go back up to verse 29. Ephesians 4, 29. Let no corrupt communication. That's unwholesome word. Proceed out of where? But that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers, and grieve not the Spirit of God. Can he be grieved? Absolutely. What grieves him? When we don't listen to him, when we don't obey him, when we don't do what he says. All right? Whereby you are sealed unto the day of redemption. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, and clamor and evil speaking be put away. Let it drop. Don't get it. Don't let it come out of your mouth. Everybody say, "Let it go." And don't start singing the song from uh, uh, Frozen. Yeah. Put away from you with all malice, verse thirty-two, and be kind to one another. Tender-hearted. What's that next word? Forgiving. Why? You're going to have plenty of opportunities. Where people are going to do you wrong. They're going to hurt you. They may not even intend to do it. Sometimes it just happens. Amen? People get hurt unintentionally. Why? Because this flesh that we're in, sometimes it just leads me down the wrong path. If you're listening to it. Be tender hearted, forgiving, ongoing, continuing. One another, even as God, for Christ's sake, has forgiven you. You, We have got to forgive others as God has forgiven us. Go to Mark chapter 11. Mark chapter 11. You know, some messages need to be said. And what they do is they produce a sobering in us. This is a sobering up message. Amen? We like to get drunk in the Spirit, but we also need to be sober up sometimes. After the great faith verse in 23 and 24, look at verse 25. Mark 11, verse 25. And when you stand praying, what is next? Forgive if you have aught. Ought is anything against any that your Father also, which is in heaven, may forgive you. Everyone say, any ought. Anything against anyone. Why do you need to forgive when you're praying? Your prayers will not be heard if it's still there. How do you know that you need to forgive? The Holy Spirit will tell you. He will say, hey, you better deal with that in your heart. Right? He is good and gracious. He he doesn't point a finger at us. But He tells us plainly. Amen? And we have to forgive. Look at verse 26. But if you do not forgive, neither will your Father in heaven forgive your trespasses. Whoa. See... Unforgiveness short circuits the grace of God. Someone say, Praise the Lord. Go to John 20. John 20. Hallelujah. John 20. Look at verse 20. Jesus showed up after he was resurrected from the dead. And he shows up into the room. And he says, Peace be with you. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. The only person with wounds in heaven is Jesus. Why? As a constant reminder of his shed blood. And as a constant reminder... Of his available forgiveness. Then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. So Jesus said to them, peace be to you. As the Father has sent me, I also send you. When he had said this, he breathed on them. And said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. They were born again. He said, if you forgive the sins of any, they are what? Woe. Is that an awesome responsibility? But if you retain the sins of any, they are what? Retained. How many want to retain the sins of others? So what do you got to do? Forgive them, set them free. Amen? Hallelujah. I need a volunteer. Stephen looks like he's a willing volunteer. Thank you, Stephen. Are willing to volunteer. All right, I'm going to show you how this works. Okay. Even to say, what did I get myself into? He said, Wait a minute, I didn't get myself into it. You get, you caused this, Pastor. All right. I got to show you this. And hurt me. he did something that I didn't like and there's I'm attached to this negative experience that I had right and notice my progress is stifled. I can't go beyond this connection that I'm connected to okay so it doesn't matter what direction I go in I'm stuck. Because I'm tethered. And now, grant you, Stephen did not actually do this. He is just playing a part. All right? Okay? But as you can see, we are connected. What connects us? The negative experience. Maybe he intended to do it. Maybe he didn't intend to do it. Intent has no bearing on this. But I'm carrying around this burden. I'm carrying around this weight because I remain connected to this situation. All right? How can I get free? I can't get free. All right? And every time I I see Stephen, I think of this negative experience. Every time, oh, oh, I can't believe you did that. He was like, did what? what?" But see, if you don't offer forgiveness, this is how you're ever going to be. here's what we do. Father, in the name of Jesus, I give you thanks and praise. Lord, I ask you to forgive me. Lord, forgive me for harboring bitterness. Forgive me, Father, for not offering forgiveness. Lord, I come to you and I ask forgiveness in the name of Jesus. And I give you thanks and praise, Father, for the power of your forgiveness. Now what? I'm free. Everybody say, I'm free. Amen. Here you can... Take that off we want. Thank you for your help, Stephen. I'm gonna end with this. There are two places in the Bible that mention the word unforgiving. One is in Romans and one is in Second Timothy. And I'm gonna read them to you and then we're gonna have a freeing party. Amen. We're going to let loose of those bonds and those ties that have uh, held us up for so long. And we're going to be free to progress in God. And you're going to see greater glory and greater goodness than you ever have before. Romans chapter 1, verses 28 to 32. Even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a debased mind. To those things which are not fitting, being filled with all unrighteousness, sexual immorality, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, evil-mindedness. They are whisperers, backbiters, haters of God, violent, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents, undiscerning, untrustworthy, unloving, unforgiving, unmerciful. Some, Some... Translations vary in the word unforgiving. Who knowing the righteous judgment of God that those who practice such things are deserving of death. They're practicing unforgiveness. They're refusing to forgive even though they have opportunities to do so. Even God is telling them to do so. They said, no, I'm going to keep my pain. I'm going to keep my sorrow. It's mine. I'm not letting it go. Alright, and then in Second Timothy chapter 3, verses 2 through 5. For men will be lovers of them. He's talking about the last days. Men will be lovers of themselves. Do we see that in our day today? Lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving. Slanderers, without self control. Brutal, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power. See, when you're an unforgiving person, you really, you do not commit to a truce. You're really a truce breaker. And you want to, you would rather keep the pain and the sorrow versus the joy that comes. See, If Stephen actually did something wrong, my forgiving him doesn't clear him of the wrong that he did. It separates my connection with what he did to me. Amen? And it makes me free. I'm not thinking of that. I'm not reminded of it. And by the way, when you forgive, you have to forget. Oh, you're forgiven but not cleansed. No, Jesus said, I forgive you and, cl- and cleanse you. That cleansing washes that away. Amen? How many times did Jesus talk about his cross experience after he rose from the dead? He, did, he, he showed the wounds, but he didn't say, ow. He, you could touch those wounds. Those t- the, you, could t- you could touch those wounds. You know, like, when you touch a wound, it's sore. Right? I have a little cut on my hand. If you touch it, it's sore, right? But there was no soreness. For people to touch his wounds. Why? That he was cleansed from the pain of the cross. He was cleansed from the crown of thorns. He was cleansed from the whipping. He was cleansed from the crucifixion. Now he was celebrating the resurrection. See why? He had forgiven the people on the cross. He would, he would refuse to be bound by the negative emotions, the negative experiences, the things that were done to him. He was an innocent man. He did not deserve what he did, but he took it for our sakes because that's
2: what he had to do to release the sin from the world.
1: But when he rose from the dead, he never talked about the pain of the crucifixion. Once he rose from the dead, that pain was done. It was gone, it was out of his system, and he was free, free, free. Amen. So, number 1, you got to believe that God forgives you. Number 2, you got to ask for forgiveness. And number three, you've got to forgive others. Otherwise, that junk is going to make you toxic. And you don't want to be toxic. Now we have an opportunity this morning. I'm sure if you think real hard, you can think of some pain that you experienced in life. Amen. I want you to stand to your feet right now. and i want you to forgive whoever hurt you doesn't matter what they did doesn't matter the 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 reason you are forgiving them you're releasing yourself from that negative experience from that negative moment from that hurt and that pain in the name of Jesus, I just want you to do it right now. You can do it in your mind or you can speak it out. I'm not asking you to say their name. But you you know what they did. And the devil will bring it up to you whenever he wants
2: to capture you and bind you and confine you and restrict you. He'll bring it to your mind. He'll bring it to your mind. And you'll take actions to separate yourself. But today we're going to get free. God wants you free. He wants you to open the door for the blessings that he has for you. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, with the forgiveness that we have received from you, you forgive all our iniquities. You remove our transgressions. You cleanse us from all unrighteousness. With that forgiveness, Father, we're forgiving those who said what they said, who did what they did, Lord, who treated me in that way, in the name of Jesus. I forgive them. I forgive them and release them in the name of Jesus. And, Lord, we give you thanks and praise for cleansing us from all unrighteousness. And maybe you're here today because you need to receive forgiveness from your Father. There's something that you have done that He hasn't been pleased with. He hasn't been for. He hasn't been, He hasn't expected. And we need to come clean right now in the name of Jesus. And you need to receive the forgiveness. Is there anybody here? I'm not going to have you come up. I just want you to put your hand
1: up to say, Pastor, I need to receive the forgiveness. I need to receive God's forgiveness in the name of Jesus. I'm not going to ask you about it. I just want you to put your hand up. Thank
2: you, Lord, for these hands. Any hand that's raised, you're telling God that you're a candidate for His mercy. Father, right now, in the name of Jesus... I thank You for Your abundant mercy to cleanse us from all unrighteousness right now in the name of Jesus. Lord,
1: we did wrong. We went against Your Word. And Lord, we're going to walk with You. We're going to
2: change our minds. We're going to change the direction of our lives. We're going to stop being selfish and stop being God-minded and put others first. We're going to stop disregarding the Word of God and we're going to start living it and putting it into practice in the name of Jesus. Oh, Father, we give you thanks and praise that you're cleaning house tonight, Lord. You're rooting out all these evil things, all these wicked things, Father, so that your people can be a glorious people, a blood-bought church with full of glory and power and splendor of the Lord in the name of Jesus. Receive the forgiveness right now. Say, I take it. It's mine. Thank you, Lord, for forgiving me. Begin to praise Him that He's forgiven you. Praise Him that He's washed you and cleansed you. Praise Him that His wrath is not coming on you. you a second chance he's wiped your slate clean and now you're in a position to receive what he has for you receive the blessing receive the goodness receive the grace To have a praise party in this place. We need to praise God for His goodness. We need to praise Him for His loving kindness. We need to praise Him for His compassion. We need to praise Him for His patience. That means praise Him. However, you want to praise Him. Let the praise break forth like He's praising. And, and here's one more thing. You can keep playing and singing. In the book of James, it says, for,
1: uh, call for the elders in the church when you're sick. Let them pray over you, anointing you with oil. And they shall be healed and if they've committed any sins,
2: they'll be forgiven. So if you need healing in your body right now, There's a healer here in this house. If you need healing from anything, I want you to come up right now and receive healing from the Lord in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. The pressure in his head to be loose right now in Jesus' name, and I thank you, Lord, that pressure will not produce any more pain, Father. But you will correct it from within, in the name of Jesus. Receive the healing power of God. It is yours, daughter of God. It is yours, princess of God. It is yours. Your father loves you, and is pouring it out. Father, I thank you for touching her from head to toe right now with your strength, power, and glory.
1: In filthy rags, and Satan was there to oppose him. And the Lord said, He is a brand plucked out of the fire. He said, Take his dirty
2: clothes off and put on this robe of righteousness. And a turban, he had clean clothes and a turban, restoring his position in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. You are
4: sorry.
1: forgiveness and pass it on to someone else. Just remember when someone's getting on your last nerve, that means you've got to get ready to become a mercy dispenser. Right? Amen. God bless
5: you. Hope this helped you this morning. We look forward to what's coming next. Have a great week.